welcome to Insurance Uncovered. Now in our second year of bringing you insurance news and an inside perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hello everyone, I'm Kathy Imus. Today we're uncovering Resiliency, the latest states to recognize Resiliency Week and how they're promoting disaster preparedness. And more to see with AOB. Florida Senator Doug Broxson shares the path towards reforming auto glass assignment of benefits, plus a changing of the guard. We talk with NAMIC's new chairman of the board, Randy Druvinga, about the issues he hopes to champion during his next year of service. More than 15 states recognized Resiliency Week this September. Most recently, Florida passed a resolution recognizing the need for disaster preparedness and mitigation. At NAMIC's request, Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas presented the resolution. He also emphasized the importance of long-range mitigation strategies to protect people and property from future disasters. NAMIC Regional Vice President Liz Reynolds spoke at the meeting last week to thank the Florida Cabinet for their commitment to resiliency. In bringing attention to construction standards and increased mitigation here in Florida and across the nation, we have an opportunity to protect our communities and literally save lives. On behalf of NAMIC, again, we would like to thank you for declaring September 22nd through 28th as Resiliency Week in Florida so that we can all focus attention on making the Sunshine State stronger and more resilient now and in the future. Thanks so much. Last week, Liz also moderated a Resiliency Roundtable in conjunction with the North Carolina Nature Conservancy to discuss paths forward as well as weaknesses in the current mechanisms for dealing with increasing natural disaster risks. It's been two months since Florida's governor signed controversial assignment of benefits reform into law. Since then, the state-backed Citizens Property Insurance Corporation has scaled back a proposed rate hike. The company initially asked its Board of Governors to raise rates by an average of 8.5%, but with the passage of the new AOB law, citizens dropped their request to 2.3%. Republican Senator Doug Broxson authored the AOB bill that passed this year, but he says the work isn't done yet. He looks forward to a bill to curb autoglass AOB in 2020. I think we will have a bill. Um how strong it will be will be determined, frankly, by the House. We had a, what we thought was a good bill last year that uh, we sent over to them, and they struck it down in the last uh, four or five days of, of the process. So it's still an issue. I mean, when you have one attorney fi uh, file 5,000 claims in a day, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we think that there's enough left that we need to deal with it and we'll spend some time. I will not present the bill myself, but uh, hopefully a colleague will and we'll hear it in committee and hopefully send it to the floor. Broxson was recognized along with Kansas Senator Rick Wilborn as NAMIC State Legislators of the Year during last week's annual convention. New federal legislation has been introduced to protect state-based insurance regulation from being undermined by international regulatory standard-setting bodies. U.S. Representatives Denny Heck and Ted Budd introduced the International Insurance Standards Act last week while in Washington. 
This November, the IAIS will meet in Abu Dhabi, where the body is expected to move forward with an international insurance capital standard that could ultimately be applied in a one-size-fits-all manner that would harm U.S. companies. During last week's 124th annual convention, just outside our nation's capital, the association welcomed its new chairman of the board, First Maxfield Mutual CEO, Randy Druvinga. On today's Unscripted, our Chuck Chamnis chats with Randy about the upcoming year, as well as the challenges facing our industry. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today, Randy. Let me be the first to congratulate you on officially being named NAMIC's newest chairman during our annual meeting earlier today. Uh, we're still here in National Harbor, getting ready to close out another successful NAMIC convention, the 124th. And I'm delighted to have a chance to sit down and talk with you and let our podcast audience get to know you a little better. So we've got a lot to talk about. First Maxfield history, uh, your background, your vision for NAMIC and state of mutuals and really whatever else comes up. So Randy, welcome. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. So, you know, I think, and we see it here in our convention and anytime our members gather, but we see that sense of community. Um, you know, I talked in a speech earlier about things being mutually possible, um, you know, on Monday when I spoke to the group. How have you seen that evident in, uh, you know, the, and I don't mean the mutually possibly part so much as, uh, you know, the community that we have in our mm -hmm. membership and uh, in the mutual insurance industry? Yeah, and I believe I said it today. I've always said that what I like about being involved in, in the mutual industry is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, you just have to be wise enough to know who to call smart enough to know to call somebody. The answers are out there. Uh, people are willing to share and help one another for the greater good of our insureds. And that's, I find that so refreshing and, and unique in a business setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is part of the uh, culture. I mean, if you ask a question and they're asked via email in our listservs like CEO Update or in CEO Roundtable or just through networking and uh, meetings like this, you see, uh, you know, it's common to come on a conversation where someone's asking about a question. Oh, our investment policy needs to be updated. Do you have one? And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a sharing and helping community. So in the message today, you talked about life's difficult challenges and how, you know, we're really defined uh, by how we deal with moments. Do mm -hmm. um, you want to give us a little perspective about how you've, you know, dealt with your moments and, and what it's meant to you and the kind of message you shared with the convention today. Yeah, and I, I probably overused the term quality individuals. You know, surrounding yourself with quality people. Um, I've always lived in a, the people that work with me and in my family and the people that are close to me, they always uh, tell me that um, I always want to hear from them is don't tell me what I want to hear. You tell me what I need to hear and I'll do the same for you. And living by that, it's, there's times when, especially in, in being faced with difficult challenges, uh, you know, sometimes it's easy to pull back. And uh, the easier thing is just say, okay, I'm here, status quo. And uh, for me, I, in fact, I had in my situation a loss, probably one of the best things somebody suggested to me, which I didn't appreciate at the time, was that he suggested to me that it's time for you to start thinking a little less of yourself and more than others. He said, I know I operate, and if by refreshing others, you too will be refreshed. You've got to get back at it. Uh, sometimes we don't, if I use the terminology, getting kicked in the pants, uh, when we're down, we don't appreciate it so much. But he was uh, suggesting that to me 
to get me, so to speak, back in the game. Uh, and it did. It was one of those things that it motivated me. It was something I needed to hear. Didn't want to hear it at the time. Uh, but I think for us, and that's the value in surrounding yourself with quality people, goes back to the fact that when you need it most, somebody's going to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, so we just had our first NAMIC meeting that you chaired, and uh, you know, as you look out at the at the year that you know is coming up, um, what are you looking forward to as chairman? Uh, what do you see as the industry issues that uh, we'll be dealing with in the coming months? Yeah, in, in visiting with a state association and, and with the people that are involved in our industry, for me, that's one of the motivating parts of being involved. Uh, the gathering of information and the sharing of information. Uh, now what I like in working with NAMIC is that uh, the NAMIC staff is so receptive. If I'm out going to be in, the, in a state association meeting and I hear something, hey, what about this? I can report back to the NAMIC association and I know that we have uh, a staff that is going to be involved and, uh, you know, they're um, go to bat for us. I've seen that numerous times in, in uh, D.C. and uh, that's an important ask. And then we, we're ground roots uh, companies uh, across uh, the United States. We're the local companies as mutual insurance companies, whether we're large or small, we have staff members that are involved in the communities that they live in and the churches that they live in. That keeps us connected so well in the big picture. Mm -hmm. So I see you have a uh, 1752 on your lapel and a tie that says 1752. I happen to have that same tie on today. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means and, and why you decided to take the uh, steps to receive that really nice, free piece of jewelry? <laughs> well, the 1752 is by far the most piece of jewel expensive piece of jewelry that I, that I own. Uh, it just shows that I've learned uh, the value of being involved with the, the Political Action Committee of NAMIC, the PAC committee as we call it, and Early on, I will say that I was just glad. That was something I didn't pay a lot of attention to. Nope, they handle that. They have it. And then I've learned uh, in getting involved uh, and seeing personally myself the ramifications of what they do as watchdogs for us in Washington, D.C., if I can use that terminology. And then I've seen the ramifications be being involved in small companies. The small company tax uh, was, a, was a big thing for a lot of smaller mutuals in the state that I'm from, from Iowa, and I heard uh, how that benefited them. And then also just being involved in here and uh, keeping state-based regulation. And for me, the PAC is all part of that um, so that we maintain a strong voice in Washington. Yeah. And, you know, Iowa had a big uh, say in getting small mutual inflation update approved. Both mm -hmm. of your senators, uh, you know, at the time, mm -hmm. Senator Harkin, uh, and Senator Grassley, both were um, members who we got to know and got to feel our support through PAC contributions mm -hmm. and then helped us solve that problem for our smallest members. So it's, it's a good example. You know, uh, I think something, one thing our, some members may not have known about you, but you came to the industry fairly late. You weren't, mm -hmm. uh, you didn't come right out of college to join the insurance industry. It wasn't in the family. Now maybe you can give us a little sense of um, what your story was in terms of becoming part of the mutual insurance industry and, and uh, how NAMIC played a part in that. Yeah. 
For me, I was always intrigued by business. In high school, it was, in fact, I didn't want to go to a four-year college. I just, I went to uh, Hawkeye Tech at that time, and, uh, and I, I was too impatient. I was intrigued by business and had gotten an offer. Uh, actually, I was a good old TV repairman at one point in time in my life. Uh, in Waverly, Iowa, uh, there was a local businessman, uh, and I went to work for him. And, and did stereo sound systems and anything involved with electronics and did some of that on, a, on the commercial basis. Uh, it was always, for me, uh, I enjoyed working with the people. Then I did some commercial work. I uh, did commercial work uh, on ceilings. Um, and there was, I was always involved in officiating kind of as a side thing. Uh, in my world of doing the commercial work on ceilings, I incorporated a lot of college students, offered them jobs. and. Uh, doing part-time and working around their busy schedules. Um, it was still always the business aspect. And then being involved in the community in the church and booster club and Kiwanis, uh, one of the directors actually was of First Maxfield Mutual was somebody that I had come to know. And uh, he asked me if I would ever give consideration to uh, working for the insurance company that he was a director on introduced me to Dave Deemer, the current manager of that, and they had a retiring uh, uh, claims adjuster. And that, those were the connections that led me to, uh, uh, to making the switch. It was, was a little difficult going from being self-employed to kind of transitioning into, as my wife Pam would say, a real job. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it was fun. I liked it. I was intrigued by, especially intrigued by the mutual world of how they make the numbers work. And because uh, we need to stay financially strong for our insureds, we want to keep rates as low and stable as we possibly can, yet we need to pay claims uh, when bad things happen. And, you know, for us, wanting to pay people as, most, as much as what we can within the guidelines of the policy is a wonderful thing. And then, but trying to make all those numbers work, the balance between our staff and the agency forces that represent us, that aspect of it, I think, is just a wonderful uh, business environment to be in. We're almost out of time, but last question. You mentioned officiating, mm -hmm. and uh, I can imagine that involved a lot of uh, late nights driving through Iowa, officiating, uh, you know, basketball games or football games, um, small college games. Um, what did that teach you, or do you have any fun stories to share about uh, that experience? Yeah, what it, what it taught me was uh, it goes back to um, just building relationships. Uh, the best relationships, and people don't see that often enough between the officials and the coaches, is that and coaches operate a lot in the same way. The, the, if I have to choose between whether uh, you like me or whether you respect me, I'll choose respect. And in that world, that, that's how you develop uh, deep relationships. Uh, in fact, for me, I went into the Iowa Officials Hall of Fame, and one of my favorite comments from a coach was he came up and uh, he congratulated me uh, for my achievements. He said I couldn't clap when you, when, when you were <laughs> inducted into the Officials Hall of Fame. But he said there's one thing that I liked about you. And I told him, I said, Jerry, I didn't think you liked anything about me. And he said, no. He said, you never cared whether I liked you or not. Whether you, you never cared whether I liked you or not. You were there for the players. And uh, for me, that's, there isn't a greater comment. And then for us, 
It, it, how does it tie to the mutual world? We operate for the greater good of all the policyholders that we, that we represent and in who entrust their livelihoods and homes with us. It's kind of the same thing. We make tough decisions and, and to find that balance. And so officiating was very much the same way. We had to make, you have to make a tough call, uh, but you find balance for, uh, for all parties that are involved. Wow, that's a great, uh, great note to end on. Randy, uh, thank you. We'll be uh, working together this year, and I look forward to it. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll check in as things go along. We'll have some fun. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chuck. In another major announcement at convention, Chuck himself announced his plans to retire at the end of next year. He will assist a board-appointed search committee in the selection of his successor, and then will transition to an advisory role once his successor is named. On an upcoming episode of Unscripted, I'll sit down with Chuck to talk about his plans for the future and why he believes Namek has never been in a stronger position than it is today. And that's a wrap for this episode of Insurance Uncovered. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and we hope you'll keep tuning in as we return with more insurance news and information on October 16th. If you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, don't hesitate to let us know. You can always send us an email at uncovered at Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a great day.